Welcome to Forever Gnome, our solo role-playing game spin-off podcast from our weekly The Beer and Pretzel podcast. My name is Austin. Today I'll be playing The Broken Cask, which is a one-player's in-keeping game from Shoreless Guys Publishing. Our last episode on The Beer and Pretzel podcast, we talked to Derek Kamal, who wrote this game, and our next game we're going to be playing, Heavy Metal Thunder Mouse. And we did discuss this solo role-playing game, if you're interested in checking it out, as we had a nice little chat about making solo role-playing games, and particularly, of course, this one. Forever Gnome is our Patreon-exclusive show, and we did release one episode already a month or so ago, and this episode is being released as well for free to the public to celebrate the launch as of today of our Patreon, where more of these solo role-playing game episodes will be uploaded. There will be deleted and never-before-released episodes, as well as old episodes to our sister movie-based podcast, Trash Talk Podcast, can be found there. The entries less than a cup of coffee, and it would help us a lot. Now with that said, let's jump into Derek's great game, The Broken Cask. Alright guys, let's play The Broken Cask. So I'm very excited to play this. I've been playing Moonlighter, which is a indie video game on the Switch recently, which is about playing a merchant in like a dungeon crawling world. So instead of playing an adventurer, like your typical adventurer that goes to shops or to taverns, then goes adventure and you play as a merchant who goes out and gets stuff, but to sell to heroes and adventurers that come in to buy your stuff and then go out to fight and then perhaps die in the dungeon. So Derek's idea of making a tavern, like, solo role-playing game that has a lot of cool tables and stuff to dictate where the story goes and kind of add its own twist that you are a tavern keeper, but you can send adventurers and mercenaries out to go treasure hunting for you, I think is pretty genius. I'm very excited to play this. So we're here. The bard's music is creeping into my tavern. Hopefully you can hear it with me. I got... A whole drink right here. I got a whole thing of wine to drink. I got this really fancy uh, goblet that I'm going to be drinking out for this game. I also have a amber ale, which is stolen from uh, my fridge from Travis. So, Travis, hopefully you don't notice one of your beers disappearing. Shouldn't have left it there. So, because it's a solo role-playing game and there's no GM to dictate where the story goes and everything, there's a lot of tables. So in this game, you might hear me roll in the back, or maybe not, maybe the music will draw that out. But I will be rolling off to the side, and that will be determining everything. While I could kind of choose what I want, like for example, the first roll we're going to be doing is the name of my tavern, of what inn I'm going to be running today. But I'm not going to just pick and choose what I want, I'm going to directly take whatever I roll, that's what I got. And I'll improvise around it, or adapt to it, but that's what I'm going to get. So every great inn or tavern needs a good name. So let's roll. I got two different tables. I got in name one, in name two, and we'll combine that for a really cool title, hopefully. So the first one I got is a 64, which is Daisy. Now oh, I can work around that. Daisy Rosebud. I feel like those names definitely do not work, but maybe that's part of it. How about we go with... The Daisy and the Rosebud. Instead of Daisy Rosebud, the Daisy and the Rosebud Tavern. Let me write that down. That's the question. Tavern or inn? The Daisy and the Rosebud Inn or the Daisy and the Rosebud Tavern? I think I like inn better, actually. So we're going to be playing today. My innkeeper will be playing out of the Daisy and the Rosebud Inn. I really like it. The question is, though, where is this inn located? There's a whole little chart here of really cool things. Let's go with it. So what I got was a seven, which is the center of town. So with this table is a lot of really cool ones and ones that are more normal. This is a more normal role, but I can work around this. It's in the middle of town and perhaps if it's a small village, it's the only inn in town. Or maybe I just got lucky to have the one that's in the middle of the town rather than one in the outskirts. Appearance. What does the Daisy and the Rosebud Inn look like? Olive stained birch panels, cushioned furniture, and full of paintings. 
I really like this inn so far. So, it's in the middle of the city. It's got a really elegant, pretty sounding name. And there's olive stained birch panels. And really comfortable cushioned furniture and paintings all around the walls. So it seems like my person here has a real flair for... Uh, I guess artwork and elegance and just having a really really nice sound and name for a tavern and also a really nice and pretty looking one too. What kind of inn is it? What type is it? It is a trading house. So I guess it is more a house that was turned into an inn and people go in to trade as well as I don't get lodging for a night before they go out on their quests and where they go to, of course, drink and have merry times. Guest type. What kind of people come to my inn? Donors, volunteers, and refugees. Interesting. Okay, so I'm starting to get a sense of this inn is more for, uh, I'm not sure, maybe the wealthy, the upper class, perhaps. Donors, volunteers refugees so i guess the donors come here to trade uh refugees escape here my guy perhaps run this in i make a good amount of money but i want refugees to escape here i'm not sure if they're escaping here from what's inside the city or outside the city that's a good question but i guess i make enough money that i can sustain myself with having uh poorer people come here to escape whatever is happening to them uh, be it slavery, or maybe there's a dragon in town that burned down their houses. I'm not sure, but I really like this inn so far. So I rolled a six on my signature drink, and that looks like it's going to be a raspberry spice iced wine. So once again, iced wine. This sounds like something that only the upper class can afford as the signature drink here. I think my place is more of a upper end snooty tooty kind of establishment. But what is my signature meal? As I take a roll of my 2d6s, which in this game, while you do roll sometimes 1d6, you mostly roll 2d6s together to see what you get. So combine the two of them, I got a 10, and that is the Moon Goat Swarma. Moon Goat Swarma. That is really cool. I love that. I don't know what a Moon Goat is. Combining the Moon Goat with the Ice Wine... Maybe I'm some kind of like icy cold area. That's where we distill and make this ice wine. And there's moon goats at this area. And maybe they crawl on the mountains. Maybe the refugees came down from the mountains. Maybe they were enslaved by the ice giants. So we got some story threads there we can go off. But we'll keep going. Entertainments and distractions. What is my main form of entertainment for my patrons? Four. Four is gambling. Cards, dice, competitive chess, and other games of chance. So, that kind of makes sense because this is a trading house. So, people come here, of course, to trade, but maybe they come here also to gamble with things. If this is a more richy establishment, maybe people come here to gamble away higher things. Carts, uh, deeds to land, that sort of thing. Unique service. So what unique services does my inn give to patrons? I rolled a six, so that is going to be ancient healing fountain in the basement. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So in the basement, there's this fountain that maybe depending on how much gold they can afford, uh, maybe 10 gold pieces, they can go down there to heal. Is this like a quite literal magical healing fountain or is this more spiritual or kind of like a religious fountain that people bathe themselves in it and it's supposed to heal them uh, whatever diseases or illnesses they have but maybe it works or maybe it doesn't i'm not sure but that's kind of interesting all right so we're rolling on what makes this in weird i rolled a four and there is a live demon in the back okay so let's call this an ice demon or maybe it is the one that's in the back making this really really interesting raspberry wine i got a demon in the back he's maybe the cook or he's just chilling back there i'm not sure but demon in the back healing fountain in the basement maybe he's the one that operates like whatever currency is going on in the back you pay a certain amount you can 
uh, get a key that will unlock the door, and you can go down in the basement and heal yourself in this magical fountain. Only the rich and well-off can afford to go down there. Do they interact with a demon, or is he so far in the back that only I know about him? Pets and strays, besides a demon, of course. I'm rolling 1d6 this time, and I roll a 3. Who let the rather large chameleon in? Okay. Um, I think my character in general just likes lizards and weird pets. I'm keeping a demon in the back, after all. So, while the demon stays in the back, not very nice towards customers and a little bit frightened, the chameleon is in the front. He is like a uh, tavern house drake, in a way. He just sits out the front, he gets fat, he kind of molds and blends in with the surroundings, so I put him on the main bar, he just blends in with that. People sometimes forget he's there, and then he can grab up with his little little sticky fingers, he grabs their uh, pitcher or uh, what, a tanker, that's what it's called. I was trying to think of what is the name for a, like a cup of ale, a tankard of ale and he drinks it. So maybe when I got him, he was a really slick-looking chameleon, but now he's getting fat with years of drinking or stealing people's drinks under his belt. And now that is the end of the inn tables. Now we're going to roll for character creation tables. We are going to be creating my character. So first, let's roll for my name. I rolled two fives, so that's a 55. So the first part of my name is Kenlin. My name is Kenlin, and what is my last name? Boatman. Kenlin Boatman is my name. Kenlin Boatman operates this really pretty establishment, the Daisy and the Rosebud Inn. And what race am I? I am a halfling. A short little halfling that runs this establishment. The chameleon I own that's been getting fat over these years is probably bigger than me at this point. And what clothing do I wear? What am I known to wear when I'm interacting with the patrons at my inn? I wear scale armor all the time. A little weird for a halfling to wear, but I guess I'm a little worried about everything that's outside and also a demon in the back sometimes can scorch me. So scale armor is to protect me and people don't mind me too much. They understand that maybe I'm a paranoid individual. Innkeeper background. So rolling for that, I got a six, which means I've come from a long legacy of innkeepers and pub owners. So maybe this pub was established many years ago and it's been passed down from halfling generation to generation, also known as the Boatmen's. The Boatmen's is kind of a weird name for a halfling, but we're going to work with it. Okay, so I'm probably like the grandson or the great-grandson of the original owner of this place. And by the time I got it, it was kind of a shoddy-looking establishment. But I, with my more fine taste introduce this really fine moon goat uh, uh, meal. I have this really fancy raspberry ice wine, and I got this healing fountain in the basement that no one told me about, but when one day I found a key that was lost away to time. I unlocked that door to the basement, I found it down there, and I was like, hey, let's take the money from that, exploiting this magical fountain, or what people think is a magical fountain, and let's get people in here and let's make this place looking really nice. And apparently, because I came from a long legacy of innkeepers and pub owners, I may always perform a brewing task instead of your staff. Okay, so anytime I need to do some kind of brewing, I can do it automatically. In this game, as the main character, I have better stats than, of course, my, um, the, my hirees, the people that work for me. And... In this game, once per session, instead of having my uh, staff roll, and of course they can become really frustrated or mess up the rolls, I can roll for them instead, but only once per game. But now, because it is anytime it's related to brewing, I can roll instead. Innkeeper quirks. So what makes me a quirky individual? I hate that word, quirky. It's just a cringe. Uh, five. Five is, unfortunately, you're allergic to orc kind? Oh my god. Okay, so I'm allergic to orc kind. Maybe the downfall of this place is my character is a little racist towards orcs. Uh, maybe that's also why I don't... I wear um, all this scale armor. Because I 
maybe I insult them a lot, I call them smelly or whatever, and they bash on me. I'm a little small halfling, and I'm a little snotty. I run this fine-end restaurant in, and, you know, orcs like to pick on me. It doesn't help that I piss them off by going, hey, I'm allergic to you, because you smelly as hell. Now I roll my innkeeper stats. So in this game, we have three main uh, stat lines, which I need to look into. What are they? I think they are mind, heart, and body. I'm going to be rolling 1d6, and a 1 or 2 is plus 1, 3 or 4 is plus 2, 5, 6, plus 3, and we're going to be getting in my stats for body, heart, and mind. My body stat is a plus 3, so plus 3b, which stands for body, and I got a 4, so plus 2, was it mind? No heart. And plus 2 again for mind. So I'll take that, plus 2 plus three and plus two again, not too bad. And next we're gonna roll on staff roll table. So in this game, you start off with two staff members and over time, of course, I can spend money to upgrade that by having more people work for me. But right now my inn as a smaller inn only has two staff rooms to accommodate them. If I want more people to work for me, I have to spend money which is fairly expensive. It's like 10 gold pieces to buy extra staff quarters rooms, which allows me to get more staff members. So for this game, I'll probably just have the two members. And who do I have? I have a brewer. That's always good. Even though my guy apparently is really good at brewing, so that's a little bit useless, but whatever. And eight is a gardener. I have a brewer and a gardener. And what are their names? And my brewer's stats is plus one, negative one, plus one. So one, negative one, and one. Plus one body, minus one hearts, and plus one mind. So Walloran is my brewer. He's plus one for body, minus one for hearts, plus one for mind. Walloran, according to my random name generator, is gonna be my brewer. And now let's get a roll in, a 32 for my gardener, whose name is Galkos. Galkos the gardener, that's a good name. I'm down for that. Galcos the Gardener. And Gardener is apparently a plus one to body and plus zero to everything else. I have my two uh, staff members, a brewer in the back and a gardener who I guess goes out front. But in this game, I can have them do different roles. So we're going to get busy and I'm going to have Galcos the Gardener. When he's not working on the garden, of course, he's going to be out front hosting people and serving people. And... I guess that's gonna be it. Now we're gonna go into our final roll-in selection before we get into playing the game itself, which is set in the scene from when we play this game. I'm gonna take a drink of Travis's beer and we'll begin with that. So now we're gonna be rolling for the season. We're gonna start this game in winter. Heavy white snow blankets the land and all search for a cozy, warm hearth. Which makes sense, because before we kind of came up with the idea that this is in some kind of frozen tundra, and the reason why refugees come to me, or at least to hide at this establishment, is they're escaping the tyranny of the ice giants out in the mountains. The same mountains where I get these moon goats, which I serve on a platter for my customers. And what is the weather to start this day? So in this game, we play it day by day. And this could be a really short session or a long one, depending on how I roll. Of course, if monsters attack i might have to shut down for a day and that will end the day's session so rolling dice i got a six and it is hail there's a hail outside people are trying to get inside or at least inside to their own um, farmhouses or to my establishment but people are not out and about right now what is the mood the mood is it has been loud and bustling of late many folks dance and sing and toast Take plus one H forward. Uh, so that will mean on my next heart roll, I will get a plus one. So I'll write that down, plus one H forward. So I gotta remember that for my next heart roll. And the last thing I'm gonna roll for before we actually get to playing this game is story thread. This is kind of a, it's not something you have to do when you play. It's just something I'm gonna force myself to do to add an extra layer of challenge story thread is you may uh 
optionally use this thread to help tie the happenings of your inn together. So it's like an extra story thing that's going on in the background that I can try to tie everything together. It's a little tough when everything is randomized, but I'll see what I can do. So Roland, I got a total of a seven, which means relatives or friends of a staff member are visiting and making a real fuss. Huh. So let's say uh, Walloran, the brewer, his family are in town, and they are causing a whole commotion. Let's roll to see what race they are, because maybe they're dwarves. Maybe dwarves love the party. I'm not sure in this game what race likes the party the most, but Walloran, the brewer, you, my friend, are a human. Oh, those damn humans. On side note, while I write this down, humans, does anyone play humans in D&D anymore? They are God, the most born race ever. I think that new D&D book that's coming out right now, there is a rabbit race. Like, come on, you, why would you not want to be a rabbit when, or why would you not be a rabbit instead of a human? Humans are boring as fuck, basic as fuck. Now let's roll for Galcos, the gardener. Galcos, my friend, you are a skin changer. Oh, that's, you know, that's cool. So skin changer, gardener. So maybe he, maybe I pay him multiple rolls. I pay him as a gardener, but then he comes inside and shapeshifts into, I don't know, a tavern waitress. If then I pay that person who I think of as a different character and he just collects multiple paychecks by playing different roles. I wonder why I only have two staff quarters to house everyone, but I guess my guy doesn't pay enough attention to it. What is my guy's name again? Kenneth Boatman. I'm sorry, I took a pause on that because I can't read my handwriting because it's really bad. All right, let's get into playing this game. So in this game, what happens is there is the main event table, which is the what happens next. You roll on that, and then there's another table you roll on, and then you roll on that to see how well you do, and then your stats go up and down. And I can assign my workers to do the roles for me, or I can if I want to step in once to do it for them. So the first thing I'm going to be rolling for is a seven, which is cleaning. Probably the most boring part of operating this in is cleaning, but because this is probably the afternoon, which is the beginning of the work shift, you know, we got to clean up from everything that happened yesterday. Apparently there's been a lot of like partying inside recently, not only from uh, Walla Ron's uh, family members coming to town, but just people in general are coming inside during the harsh winter and, you know, they're dancing, partying, gambling at my establishment. Uh, my place is kind of like the town center where from people, where people come together to have a good time. So we're going to roll to see what happens next. Also, I did not roll for how much starting gold I start with. The gold, of course, I can lose it during the game. But I also spend it to do certain things. So I can spend it and at one point I'm going to send some adventurers out on a quest for me to perhaps bring back some treasure. I can also spend that money to upgrade my tavern, add different rooms. I can spend money to get more uh, workers for me. Because right now I just have a brewer and a gardener. But maybe if I got some other role that would help me for certain tables I would roll on. Of course if I got like a blacksmith I'm not sure if that's an option in this game or not. But if I got a blacksmith if I had to make a weapon of some sort I would get some kind of bonus I'm sure. So cleaning tasks. So I roll a d6 and I get a 3. So 3 is I had to carefully clean the drinkware and I got to get a M5, which is kind of a tough roll. That is mind five. And if I get it, I consult the hit table or if I fail, I consult the miss table. On this, I'm gonna roll or I'm gonna have, both of them aren't really that good, but I'm gonna have Walleron, the brewer. He's good at, of course, cleaning glasses. I kind of picture of it like a saloon in a Wild West movie. There's always the tavern keeper in the back just rinsing out a glass. Like, that's just always a thing that happens in Westerns. So I'm going to ask him to do it. I roll 1d6. He has a plus 1 
for mind and hopefully I get a five or more. In this game you need to at least get the target number and anything of course above that is still a success. There's no like critical successes or anything in this game. I rolled a two plus one is three so that is a miss. So he gets minus one morale. So that's not good. So morale is low as he doesn't finish cleaning and when we start the night people are coming really soon. We did not anticipate all the people showing up this early. We start the day with a lot of unclean dishes, which uh, for us who are very proud of this establishment, we're a little bit sad about that. Okay, so I had to take a quick pause to find how morale works in this game. So my bartender, the, uh, what's his name? Walleron the Brewer, human brewer, his friends are in town, his family in town. He loses morale because he couldn't get enough time in to clean all the glasses to have them present like presentable for when everyone comes over right in time for opening and he has for morale check in his sheet it looks like he does have only one so he i guess he loses all his morale so i guess he is out of the game so tying this into the main story i guess he gets really frustrated he loses morale. He can't get everything done. Maybe I expect too much of him. This place is really hot. As we kind of said before, people are coming in constantly to have a good time here. And maybe last night we had too many people in, too many drinks were had. And he just got really frustrated because he's doing so much. And it's only him, the gardener, and myself. And I'm probably just walking from like table to table just chatting up with people the little halfling with his scale armor i'm just trying to have a good time my chameleon is there just chilling he's not being helpful either i just he got fed up and he has just quit probably not permanently he's gonna come back tomorrow but he blows off some steam his friends and family are in town as the story thread said so they're just like you dude just screw him just quit and he quits He'll be back tomorrow, but for this session of the game, I have lost Walleron on the first roll, so that's kind of unfortunate. Okay, so now it's just me and the gardener, so this actually might be a short session. Hopefully this is still entertaining for people to listen to. Alright, and next I can just go back to the events table and I do a roll. So I'm going to roll and 7 once again, I keep rolling 7, so that means it is cleaning. We didn't get to clean everything in time, so now we're going to go back and try to do something else. Rolling 1d6 on that table. Arrange the common room. Okay, so part of the dishes were washed, but right now we got to get the common room. And right now it's a real mess from partying last night. We got to get ready for everyone. If we succeed, maybe we can get some, uh, get some people in here, more people. Because it looks like I'll get plus one guests forward. So if I... So if I ever roll on the guest table, I'll get plus one. This is a hearts four roll, and we've already established that I have plus one heart going forward uh, from one of the rolls at the beginning. I don't really remember which one it was. So I got plus one to this, and I'm going to have the, I guess, the gardener do it. And he has plus zero, but he gets a plus one to this. And what he's got to get? A four? He's got four. So 50-50 shot. Oh, no, a one. Okay, so that's a failure. Okay. And he also... No, minus one guess forward. Okay. So by the time my people show up, before all the guests and patrons show up to the bar, uh, to the inn, the tavern, whatever you call this, I'm going to have a minus one roll on the next time I roll for guests. So... That's going to get impacted somehow. So let's write that down. Minus one guests forward. That's unfortunate. People are showing up. The bartender is out. The The place is a mess. Half the silverware look a little bit dirty, but eh, they probably don't really care. Well, maybe they do. This is kind of a higher-end establishment, so a lot of snitty people here. So right now, I'm getting some unfortunate negative rolls. I rolled a... Four, brew in order. Okay, people are coming in. People are coming in. They're sitting down to gamble. 
Uh, people are coming here to trade. This place is getting bustling. And right now, it's just me at the front. I get up on like a little high chair and start serving people. And it's just the gardener who's running around helping me as best he can when he's not, well, gardening. And, you know, the demon's out back. You know, maybe he's the one that actually is cooking this really special, like, moon goat. So what am I rolling for again? I am rolling for Bruin Order. I'm excited for this. Rolling D6, I get a free, which is I'm trying to make a special tonic. And we've already established that because I come from a long line of brewers, I can step in for my, um, my staff anytime to roll for them. And with me as a main character, I don't lose like morale points. So depending on what I roll, even if I fail, I might not lose anything. And I guess that's a benefit of being from a Bruin family. So I guess even though I lost a Brewer for today, it's only me and Galakos and uh, well, I guess the demon too in a chameleon but right now let's make this special tonic and let's do it i need a b4 body or i got plus two for body no i got plus three for body so right now i should succeed no matter what and i do i succeed i get to roll tips hey let's get some money 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 where's tips okay rolling one d6 i get a one which equals two gold pieces so I only get two gold pieces out of this by making some really good tonic for everyone or for, I don't know, some people. But, you know, two gold is better for nothing. And I rolled 46 at the beginning of the game to see how much gold pieces I start the game with. And I rolled a 12. So right now I got 14 gold pieces, which I can spend for a couple different things. Uh, I think the main thing is I can send adventurers on quests. And I can, what else I can do? I can hire staff members, stuff like that. But right now, we're going to just keep going with what I have because, you know, we just started. So let's keep going. So right now, everything's uh, getting really busy. People are ordering drinks. I made some good tonics, so at least something's going well. Five, service. All right. So service, what kind of service am I going to provide for people? Two, cocktail hour. Okay, cocktail hour. So, I'm going to do a body free cocktail hour check. I take disadvantage going forward. Uh, so, that's just something that's automatic. So, regardless, because it's cocktail hour, I guess on my next rolling of disadvantage, either because I have less supplies, or I'm going to say that I'm, I hired, even though I come from a line of brewers, I hired a brewer for a reason so I can get drunk and party with everyone else. That's the advantage of owning an inn is that I don't have to do the work. But now I'm having to work, but I still like to have a good time. So I'm probably getting drunk with people. So I roll my body or I have the gardener roll, I guess. Or no. No. Yeah, I guess I, I guess he rolls. It doesn't really matter because I rolled a six, which means when I roll a six, I can add one point to prestige. If I fill up my prestige chart then I get a prestige level, which basically means I'm more well-known around the region. Right now, I'm, like, barely known, but if I fill up this chart, I'll get, like, a little bit more renowned in the area, then eventually I became, eventually I can become, like, world famous or whatnot. So, hit, I roll tips, so I'm gonna roll that d6 again for my tips, and I roll a 6. So that will mean I get you've been given a rare item roll below that's awesome rolling another d6 I rolled a six again innkeepers enchanted ledger spend this to take action even if you've done so already this session so that's good so anytime I want to step in for my staff members be like hey I'll take this one so because I don't want to risk losing you or having you guys get frustrated and leave for the day I'll step in, but I can only do that once per session, but because it's Innkeeper's Enchanted Ledger, I can do that twice per session. So I guess Cocktail Hour was a real success, thanks to me, and no thanks to Walleron, and I get this Enchanted Ledger, very cool. All right, so no money, but you know, I got an Enchanted Ledger, so that's cool. So let's spend some of this gold, let's experiment around with this game a little bit and see what can I use gold for? Build, I can spend 10 gold pieces to add a room. I can hire people. Right now, I don't have the room to hire people, even with one guy leaving for a day. Influence, I can spend 10 gold pieces to increase my prestige level. 
Okay, so basically make myself more well-known. Prestige level matters in terms of acquiring better adventurers, I believe, but also for getting better tips. I'm not really worried about that. Shop, I spend five gold pieces to roll in the market table. Quest, I could hire a hero for three gold pieces and send them questing. I'm pretty sure, though, I need a hero at my place to do that, though, or hire a mercenary, but I need to have a certain room to accommodate a mercenary, so I don't think I can do that right now. And I think that's everything I can do. I can train. I can spend five gold pieces to roll on the training table, and I can potentially improve my staff. You know what? Let's do that. So I'm going to spend five gold pieces, and I'm going to pull my gardener here and be like, Hey, I know you're just a gardener, but let's train you to see what you can do, because it's all hands on deck right now. We're down to man. I need you to help me out. We got we to kick into high gear right now. Okay, so for training table, and apparently anytime my staff have 3 XP and they get 1 XP per success, and my gardener did get uh, 1 success, so let me mark down 1 XP. After 3 XP, I can just level something up automatically, but I'm going to just, you know what, screw it, I'm going to still spend the 5 gold pieces, it will level him up, hopefully automatically. I got to roll 1 on the training table, 1 dice, I mean, and I roll 2... That was the bare minimum I needed to succeed. A one means I probably wouldn't have gained anything for him. So two, at least one of them was paying attention during training. Pick one staff member. So in this case, the only guy that's actually here and showed up for work. Uh, pick one staff member to improve plus one to one stat or plus one to morale. Uh, so I want him to be a little bit better stats wise. Right now, I'm going to give him plus one for his heart. Yeah, plus one for heart. Now let's get back to it, and let's roll on the main event table, and we'll find what happens next. So rolling a five, I roll service again. So I'm going to go back to the service table and roll another d6, and we'll go from there. Thieves gathering. Okay, so we just had cocktail hour. If I roll a mind six... So that's a pretty tough roll, especially since I did not put any points into mind for Galcos. Then something will happen. A Thieves Gavern will happen, which could be really cool. Uh, so I think I'm going to step in for him. Right now, my mind is plus two. So I am much, much better at him right now than rolling for mine. So I'll step in be like, hey, I'll take this one for a team. I will talk to this group of Thieves. Maybe like a like a thief guild showed up and they're like, hey, can we host our little thieves gathering here? And I'm going to talk to them and straighten this out. Maybe I'll let them in for some coin or maybe I'm going to be like, hey, go to one of the more shady places outside town. Not my establishment. I'm going to be rolling, yeah, mine six. And let's do this. Oh, no. So from remember last time, because of cocktail hour, because I got really drunk, I had disadvantage. That means I roll... 2d6s and i have to take the lowest result so that's probably going to result in a failure but with my plus two to mine because i am a stronger character than my um my staff members three and six so i gotta take the three with plus two is a five so even then i still fail because i needed a six that's unfortunate a failure means minus one <laughs> minus one d6 gold pieces then i gotta roll a failure check okay so i just showed up drunk i'm like hey get out of here my guys he's my guy's insensitive i'm insulting orcs all the time because i'm allergic to them maybe one of these like thieves is an orc get out of here <laughs> Get out of here. I don't want your kind here. I meant kind here, not in a racy way, but more like I'm super, super allergic. And I guess I'm a little snotty. Maybe I meant kind. Like, I don't want thieves here. But he takes it really, really poorly, which he has a fair point. Um, I would beat my character up too. Kind of an asshole. So I'm going to roll minus 1d6 of gold pieces which is a one okay so that could have been worse so i went from nine to eight gold pieces so they just beat me up a little bit and they take a gold piece or maybe one of them slips behind me grabs a gold piece and then pieces out they go all right we'll take our business somewhere else not before i lose a gold piece and i gotta roll failure and i'm not sure what failure is but i guess we're gonna find out so failure is just kind of a general thing 
of any time you really mess something up, it really affects probably me, not my staff members. Three, it costs you, whatever it costs me, one D6 gold. So once again, I lose another D6 gold. So I already lost one gold from the thief. But then I guess later I go outside to like take a piss outside and that same orc came back not content with his buddy stealing gold from me and he comes over pins me up against the wall as i'm sneezing all over him i'm allergic to orcs and uh he snatches my coin purse stealing three gold pieces so that was a rough round i'm now down to five gold pieces and i think if i run out of gold pieces i have to shut down the bar for the day which would be unfortunate Rolling on the main event table, I roll 8, which is gardening, which is perfect because I'm about to send my gardener to work. And I get a 6, which means if I somehow get a body 7 unique roll, I can create a task based on your location. So it's unique, so I'm going to say, because it's based off location, I'm going to say this is a frozen tundra. So or it's like relatively frozen i guess you can grow raspberries here because it's for my wine the raspberry ice wine so i guess it's partially frozen tundra there is grass and you can grow some kinds of berries and fruits and vegetables here anyway my gardener is trying to do the fairly impossible and trying to make a really really beautiful garden of different kinds of flowers and bushes and maybe fruits outside to make this place look even nicer because my guy just really loves elegance and I want this place looking really, really nice. And he's gonna roll, but he has to get a body seven check. And he does have a plus one to body now. Or no, I guess he always did. But even then he would have to roll a six. So remember before that I can only step in for my party members once unless it's related to brewery, which I've already stepped in for them at that point. But because I have the enchanted ledger, I could do it one more time. I probably shouldn't be spending all my step-in points, but I'm gonna do it one more time just because body is my best stat at plus three, and it would be really cool to have this. So I'm gonna roll, and with a one, I fail. Okay, so with that, I gotta roll failure again. So I guess no special garden at the daisy and the rosebud. Maybe I'm trying to grow a lot of daisy and rose bushes and you know, it can be done. You only do so much. And I roll four, so minus one forward. So on my next roll, I get a minus one to whatever it is. So that's kind of annoying. Five is we're gonna go back to the service table and we'll see what happens. Right now, I'm going to assume it's probably like eight or nine at night so the sun has been it's already went down at this point and people are still here having a good time and right now me and galcos we're down a man we're just running all around it's a mess i'm kind of dealing with everyone in the house he was outside trying to kind of enhance the garden try to look nice and maybe add some rose bushes and uh maybe berries maybe i want the raspberries to grow from my own land but he can't get it done he comes back in a little frustrated so rolling on the service table i get a six and that is a wizard's convention so all these different events are trying to happen at my place which is weird so i'm gonna roll to see if i can get the wizard's convention which is a mind seven roll which i don't think is even really possible for me right now uh yeah, it's not really possible because I can't step in at any point. And I guess Galcos the Gardener can try, but he doesn't have any bonuses. So even with a four, I get a four. I had to get a seven. This was the toughest thing for me to roll. So a Wizards Convention, that would be kind of cool. Really attract a really unique crowd and bring a lot of really cool pieces for people to trade. But I fail and I once again have to roll failure. And I, oh, I should have also added that minus one from the last roll, but it really doesn't matter. I was going to fail no matter what anyway at this point. So I roll a five. That is one of your regular patrons is in danger of leaving. Oh no. Uh, roll plus mind. So one to three, they leave, erase them from your sheet. Four to six, they stay, but lose one level. 
So luckily, because I have a good mind roll, I succeed. So the patrons at this point, I guess they're getting a little bit uneasy and some of them are not having a good time. And maybe food and drinks are coming out way slower than normal. And yeah, I should probably hire more people in the future. But I've been losing so much gold recently that what am I to do? 10. We got trouble. Oh, great. When things couldn't get worse, I roll for trouble. And that's the next event. That's not one of my failure checks. This is just a general thing to dictate where the story goes next is indeed the trouble table. Okay, two. And the bard is crying. You know things are bad when the bard is crying. The bard is off in the corner crying. I guess people at this point have been so rowdy that maybe there's a fight breaking out. Someone tried to swindle someone off a trade deal. Or maybe someone gambled and lost and you know what? They couldn't pay off their tab and a fight is breaking out. I'm trying to calm everyone down. But our bard, who's <laughs> off in the background, you can listen to him right now, is crying. This was his first gig, and no one's listening to him because everyone's just breaking out into a fight. This is really, really bad. And I'll have to roll heart. I'm going to send the gardener. I'll be like, Galcos, please talk to the bard. <laughs> please, no bards crying. This is kind of a rough day, but let's all put a smile, perhaps a fake smile, on our face. And let's try to get through the day. Galcos is going to go over to him and talk to him. And I do have now a plus one in heart. Thanks to leveling him up before. And I roll two plus one is three, which is barely enough, I want to say. Let me check. Yeah, H3. The bard is crying. Uh, H3 barely passes. So he got a three. And because of that... Wow, so trouble, there is no hit. It's just... You can succeed to not get a miss, which is what happens when some negative thing happens. Okay, so the bard is relatively happy, at least pretending to be. He goes back to making music, and we're back in it. Four, brew in order. Okay, uh, one of the rich patrons comes forward and says, You, I want a drink. I'm kind of curious about who this patron is. Maybe I'll write him down as one of my regulars. But what is he? This uh, guy who, if he turns out to be interested in NPC, I'll give a name at that point. But right now, he's just going to be established as a dwarf. Okay, dwarf comes forward. I look at him and I go, ooh, because I know this guy likes a drink. And what am I going to have to make him? Five, mead. That's perfect. Dwarves love mead, probably. I got to do body five. And once again, because I come from a family of brewers, I can step in and do this for Galcos. Galcos, let me take care of this. I got to get five. My body is a three, so I have a very high chance of succeeding on this. And I get a three plus three is six. On a hit, I roll tips. Good, good, good. I roll number six. And look at that. I get a not tips in terms of money, which to be honest, I wouldn't really mind right now. But I get a rare item. The dwarf slams down his tankard after finishing off the mead and goes wonderful best drink in town for you as a tip this is like one of the richest dwarves around like this guy is like maybe like a kind of like an oil baron but for like mining like a he owns like a mine where he sends dwarves in to mine for him so he's basically like an oil baron except for operating a coal mine or something or a diamond mine whatever dwarves mine Rolling on the rare items thing, I roll a two, and that is Cormorant's Ring. Advantage on body rolls times three. So I guess that means I can use it three times, because that would be pretty OP if I can just use that continuously throughout the game. Okay, so I have this cool ring, and if I want... I can get advantage on body rolls, and I can do that up to three times, so that's cool. I get this cool fancy ring that maybe he mined, or maybe he, as a blacksmith, maybe he made that himself. When he's not busy dealing with his own mine and being the oil baron of that, he's off at his own blacksmith place where he gets paid very well because he is like a specialty blacksmith. People go to him for very special requests, 
And for me, as a reward, he gives me this really cool ring. Okay, at this point, it's probably around 10 o'clock, and the bar hasn't been dying down yet. I roll a 10, and we're back to trouble. Ah, jeez. Okay, so, so at this point, it can only be something negative. Two. Once again, the bard is crying. Why did I keep rolling this? Ah. Okay. Gilkos, please go over and tell the bard to stop crying. We're trying to maintain a good image here. Roll, my friend. And he gets a three, which is barely enough to succeed. Well, I guess he gets a plus one, but no, he's good. All right. Bard, please stop crying. And with that, we go back to the events table, because apparently on the trouble chart, I don't gain anything. Nine. Cook in order. Okay. All right. Uh, I go to the back to pretend I'm going to go get the meal ready, but really it's just a demon in the back. I go, yo, demon, my friend, you got to make this. We're way too busy. I need you to do this. Can you please step it up? I feed you very well. You kind of come into my place and you've been kind of putting all sorts of demands on. Like, I can't get rid of you because you're a demon. So you just kind of live here rent free. Well, time to earn that rent, my friend. All right, so what is on the menu? On the menu is six. Oh, that's gonna be tough, probably. A special delivery, make a task using your signature meal. All right, the signature meal, what was that? Moon goat. All right, gotta cook a really, really nice moon goat. Right now I'm picturing myself as Gordon Ramsay. I'm telling him, if you don't make this, you're an idiot sandwich. Make the damn moon goat. It was like a soup or something. I don't remember what it was. Okay, so you need a six, a body six special delivery roll. Technically, the demon or role playing, I guess it doesn't have its own stats. So I technically have to send Galcos in the back to do it. We'll say that the demon is making it, but Galcos the gardener is like helping him. He's like the assistant cook, but if he doesn't step up his A game, I don't know how good demons are at cooking, but he's not going to succeed, especially with this six uh, body six special delivery. I wonder if I can give advantage to Galcos by giving him the ring because right now he's got plus one. So I'd have to roll a five or six. Yeah, I won't give him the ring. I guess I'll keep it because I'm not sure if I can pass items between people. But yeah, let's roll and find out. He got a four plus one is five. He barely fails. We make the moon goat, but it's not anything special. If I did succeed, I would get some really nice tips, I'm sure. 10, once again, we're back to trouble. Let's hope that the bard doesn't cry again. Jeez, I'm like getting negative things. This is a really rough day for, uh, what's this place called? The daisy in the rosebud. Three, okay. Broken item, body five roll. Randomly remove an item from storage. Uh-oh, so that would mean I would have to lose the ring. So I am going to give the ring this time to Galcos. I'm pretty sure I can pass items between staff members. That would help a lot, considering I can only do so much. At this point, I can only help with Bruin, and that's it. So I'm going to give it to him. He only has plus one, but he has advantage on this roll because of his special ring. Don't lose this, my friend. And I rolled two fours, plus one is five, which is barely enough to succeed. So I don't lose the item. I do lose one use of this magic ring, but I don't lose it. So I can use that again in the future. So that'll be helpful. Eight, we're back to garden again. All right, Galcos, get your ass outside. Get to garden as I take another drink of Travis's beer. <sighs> okay, Galcos, what's up? Six, oh, geez. apparently in this game, Sixes and fives as higher numbers are tougher things to roll for. Body seven. Oh, nice. Body seven unique. Oh, we rolled this last time. Create a task based on your location. Once again, we're in some kind of frozen-ish tundra. I tell him to get back outside, finish what he started, make raspberry bushes so I don't need to buy from a special market to make this special ice wine. So... Gotta do it, dude. Body seven. You only have plus one. I'm gonna give you that ring again so you have advantage. But even with that, I need a six. But with advantage, I roll twice, take the best results, so maybe I'll get a good one. 
I get a five plus one is six. I barely fail again. <sighs> All right, roll failure. Galcos, Galcos, Galcos. Minus one forward. Okay, so minus one forward. I'm gonna write that down on my next roll. And by roll, I mean on something that I actually have to roll for, like a skill, not the events. Which, speaking of which, roll in my next event, nine cook and order. All right, uh, people are getting hungry, so of course it's time to start cooking. Six, once again, why? I keep getting these really tough things to roll for. So, body six special delivery, make a task using your signature meal. I put that ring back on to Galcos one last time. I tell him, you better help the demon finish the meal or else you're next on the menu. I'm going to roll. This is going to be the last time using the special ring to get advantage on body rolls. And I need, what do I need? I need a six. So I need a five or a six to succeed. And I do get a five, so I do succeed. On a hit, roll overland to make your delivery. A special delivery? Oh, okay. So that's interesting. So I'm making a signature meal as a delivery that's getting sent out somewhere else. So overland table is literally the last table in this book. Choose which character is making the journey. Then roll on the region's table. Uh, staff are level zero. Okay, so I'm gonna have to unfortunately send the staff out. In this game, once I start getting more gold, I can start actually paying like adventurers to do stuff for me and they're way stronger. They actually get levels to find out where they're going. Roll again on this table to find what trouble you face. Treat heroes as having a level for all stats. Once again, I don't have any heroes. So I'm rolling for region first. I guess where he's making this special delivery. Okay, so I got a special delivery in moon goat we failed the first time but the second time we got it he used up the uses of my magic ring but now galco's my friend i guess i'm running this hole in by myself because you're going on a trip to rubber tree meadow all right rubber tree meadow at rubber tree meadow what does he have to do uh lower number is better and i did roll two so i have to brigand's toll Roll your task or pay two gold to get around them without rolling. So I would have to, uh, so on a miss, the character becomes exhausted and is going to leave. So I am going to pay two gold pieces. So right now I'm only down to three gold pieces. I've been running out. So I go out, I make the special delivery to moon goat. He comes back, you know, that's great. But I had to spend two gold because at the toll, if he failed, he would have become exhausted. And then I wouldn't have the gardener. And then the session would be over. Back to the events table as we are wrapping down on the night. It is time to clean one more time. Maybe we're going to clean one more time as the night is becoming closer to the end. I was taking a pause for a second because I was looking into how to send adventurers on quests because that was something I wanted to do for you listeners to hear what would happen if I send an adventurer out on a quest to bring me back some gold or treasure. So what it sounds like in this book, which I think is kind of a genius idea, is I haven't rolled on it yet for the main events table, but I can roll for a common guest or a special guest to come in, and those guests can be heroes and those heroes you can send on quests they're just hanging around and i can be like hey i'll send you some gold just head out in the hills and do a little quest for me so far in this game as you probably have heard i haven't rolled that yet or if i don't want to do that if i don't want to wait around for a hero to come into my bar i can hire a mercenary i can just pay some mercenary to do it but to do that, I need more room at my tavern. And that requires spending 10 gold pieces to upgrade my place to a bigger establishment so mercenaries have a place to hang out and I can just come over to them, throw them some gold, and send them on their way. But because I've been losing money left and right so far on this game, I guess I'm not gonna be able to send any heroes on this. If people enjoy this episode, on our Patreon, on the Beer and Pretzel Podcast's Patreon, we will be doing the broken cask again but it'll be a solo role-playing game it'll be me and one other member of the beer and pretzel podcast so it'll be maybe travis brad or becky or maybe even krina 
and I will be kind of dictating for them. I'll be running the rules for them as they roll and decide for themselves what they want to do. And hopefully at that point, they will actually send adventurers on quests. Because I think that's a really cool feature of instead of in a role playing game like D&D, you go into taverns to find jobs even you go out. So it'd be cool to be from the other perspective of being behind the bar of like, hey, I found a cool job for you head out and you can make some money and maybe i can make something off you too but that's probably not gonna happen today as i am down from my starting amount of 12 gold pieces to now only three going back to the vents table i got cleaning so with cleaning uh yeah i guess we're gonna be wrapping up this night in this game sessions can end forcefully like if all my staff members get really tired and exhausted or maybe i don't know a meteorite comes down and crashes into my bar and i have to fix it stuff like that but when you do that i have to roll a d6 and that d6 if it's a one or two there's a bad reputation of my establishment going around town saying hey he had to shut down for a night early because of this and that but if I shut down my own, sure, maybe I'm missing out on the longer playthrough of this game, but I end on my own accords. So anyway, let's get back to cleaning as the night is winding down. So I'm rolling for the cleaning tasks. Again, I'm probably going to have to send poor Galcos, who just returned from a long trip, to go deliver that moon goat. And I roll a six. Wow. If only I could roll a six during, like, normal playthroughs of role-playing games. But in this game, it just makes everything difficult. So, heart six success, unique. So, I gotta create a cleaning task involving your in services. So, my in services was gambling. So, I'm gonna go Galcos. There's a lot of like really sticky cards from beer being spilt on them, uh, stuck to the table. There's dice that's littered the ground. Because, remember, we had that fight from earlier. So, you can go around and clean this place up, return the darts to where they're supposed to be, and I don't know if pool is in this world, but return all the balls back to where they're supposed to be and the pool sticks and everything like that. Just clean this place up a little bit. And it's a really tall order to ask of him, because this place is just like last night, apparently. From the start of the game, this place was a mess, and it's going to end really, really trashed. I'm going to roll for him heart six he has i think plus one yeah plus one and i roll four that's barely not enough to pass plus one is five uh and i probably still have that minus one going forward so i roll failure again four so four is minus one forward and i think we're gonna do one more thing and then i might shut down the inn for the night as this has been a rough night and i want to get back all my staff members and have a better time tomorrow if people enjoyed this episode, let me know. And like I said, on our Patreon, we'll do this again with other members of the podcast. Or if you enjoy listening about Galcos and my character, which is Kenlin Boatman, let me know. And maybe I'll do a continuation of the series of me playing this character. So nine, once again, going back to cook and order. So there's a decent amount of options on the event table, like monster attack, special event, uh, common guest, rare guest i just haven't been rolling any of those soup of the day i need to roll a heart four and once again that's up to galcos to do get in the back and start cooking galcos rolled a six which gives him another success at this point he should be at three successes yeah he should be at three successes which means he's gonna be able to level up and i will be giving him a plus one to his mind so he's a plus one on everything so yeah he's a stronger gardener he is uh doing well for himself over this night he's been learning a lot and with that success we get tips which is good for me because we haven't been gaining a lot of money we've been mostly just losing money this whole night so i'm just flipping through this book and once i find tips here it is we'll roll for it two that is three gold pieces so right now we have returned to six gold pieces okay I think that's going to end it for the night. So I bid everyone farewell. This place is a bloody mess. And I thank Galcos for all the work he's done. And we probably shit talk uh, Balaron, the brewer, who ditched us to go out with his friends and family that were in town. 
He'll probably return tomorrow, but for right now, it's just me and him and the demon in the back. I totally even forgot to try to scheme people to have them pay to go to the, what was it, a wishing well or a healing well in the basement. I didn't get any money from that. We started the game with 12 gold pieces and we're now down to six, so pretty significant drop off, unfortunately. But it was a fun session. I really enjoyed playing this game. This is a really cool, unique, it's a social game role-playing games but playing this by myself it was pretty fun and while it was a little frustrating i kept rolling really high numbers which means it was really hard for me to get those successes because it was kind of judged by lower numbers are easier tasks and higher numbers you roll on the charts are harder tasks so i kept rolling for really hard tasks and often i kept failing but it was still a fun role-playing game to play, and I guess it makes sense in the game that I only had two staff members, and I lost one right at the very beginning of the game. So, yeah, just like any restaurant or inn, when you're down a couple people, it's a really shitty night for everyone. It was a really shitty night for Galcos and I. But fun role-playing game overall. Um, I definitely want to return to this, and I'm not really reviewing the solo role-playing games I'm playing. If you want to hear reviews for role-playing games, check out our main podcast, if you're impressive podcast. We review, like, I don't want to say normal role-playing games, but uh, group role-playing games. We review those, play those games, and uh, talk to game creators on that podcast. This if I was to give it a rating, yeah, I'd probably give it a 5 out of 5. It was really fun. And I really enjoyed the physical copy. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been burping. Ooh, this beer is coming up on me. <clears throat> but the book itself is really nice. The illustrations in it really match the setting. And the charts are really fun to roll on. And it's not a relatively long book. It is, what is it in total, 75? Yeah, 75 pages. So it's pretty easy to flip through and find the tables that you need. Um, I was mostly using the online random tables PDF and just scrolling through that. But towards the end, I was using my main physical copy of the book and it worked out pretty well. When I play by myself outside the podcast, I'll probably just use the physical copy. It takes a little bit longer to flip through it, but I think it's a more rewarding experience. So thanks for everyone for listening. This was, like I said, part two of our Patreon exclusive Forever Gnome podcast series. While they will be Patreon exclusive, the future episodes, I'll probably be uploading teaser episodes to them on our main podcast page so you can get a sense of what I'm uploading to the Patreon. And I might upload them back to the Beer Impresso podcast channel, but I'll only be doing that three months after they air on Patreon. So people that subscribe to us and support us on Patreon, which helps us keep the show running, you'll have a bunch of content that's only exclusive for Patreon, like our deleted episodes and uh, behind-the-scenes episodes and uh, episodes that was never aired. Like we have an alien tabletop role-playing game playthrough that I just never uploaded. It was an older episode, and I just never uploaded it. That will all be on Patreon, and those will only stay on Patreon. This series, Forever Gnome, will be Patreon-exclusive after three months. Then they'll go on the main podcast feed for people to listen to there because I did put a decent amount of work into this. But, yeah, uh, you'll get there much, much quicker than if you just wait around for the future episodes to come out. So this is Austin saying goodnight, thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you next time on the Beer and Pretzel Podcast.